So I want to read a quote from David Goggins. It comes at the end of his book. It hits on a, a part of him that often gets sort of ignored or glossed over. And anyway, it's, it's a quote I love. It's about pain and, and specifically about ultra running. So at first, when you push beyond your perceived capability, your mind won't shut the f*** up about it. It wants you to stop, so it sends you into a spin cycle of panic and doubt, which only amplifies your self-torture. But when you persist past that to the point that pain fully saturates your mind, you become single-pointed. The external world zeroes out. Boundaries dissolve and you feel connected to yourself, to all things, in the depth of your soul. About a week ago, I finished my first ultra marathon, and uh, as I was preparing for it, I didn't find a lot of information out there that could really help me in, a, in any way that I was looking for. And so I thought I'd just give it a go, try and provide the information that I, I wish I knew before before I did it. So just want to be clear, this is not about numbers, it's not about workouts or you know formulas for how to get in shape. Um, it's, it's really not about physical preparation much at all. It's, it's much more about the, the mental aspect of it, which, which for me is by far the, the most important aspect. Um, and I just want to underline I'm not uh, in any position to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Um, you know, there are far more accomplished runners and, and trainers out there than, than I am. As I said, this is just, you know, it's my first experience. Um, but I do want to share... A bit of of what I went through, um, mainly because I think a, it's it's pretty common. Actually, I think a lot of runners have you know their version of, of similar experiences, but for some reason, it's not it's not talked about very much. There isn't a real open space for talking about the what can sometimes be an almost like mystical experience with with running distances of of this length. So just to to be concrete. Um, about, let's see, about five months ago, just under five months ago, I, the longest race I'd ever run was 21k, a half marathon. Then in July, I did my first marathon in the mountains. Uh, it was slightly longer than a marathon. I think it was like 43, 44 kilometers, about 4,200 meters elevation gain, which is pretty extreme. And then just a week ago, I did my first ultra, which was... 93, 94 kilometers, and again, about 4,200 meters of, of elevation gain. So in about five months, I went from 21K, the longest I'd ever run in my life, to 93, 94K. And um, I <laughs> I went through a lot of doubt beforehand, um, but it actually, it, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Um, and... I didn't do a lot of, of physical training beforehand. I mean, the the month, maybe a month and a half leading up to it, I, I almost didn't run at all. Um, I mean, the, the marathon was probably the biggest, uh, most significant amount of training I did, definitely, for the ultra. Um, so within the two months leading up to the ultra, the, the longest run I did was, was 24K, apart from the marathon. And I did that three days before the race. So yeah, not, not really ideal. I was just, just busy with a, a lot of other things in life and, um, you know, that's just the way it played out. So, I mean, my, my basic sort of 
driving force to all of this was really trying to be as clear as possible about like, why am I doing this? What, what draws me to the experience and to really optimize for that. And as far as advice goes, I think that's probably the best advice I can give is to just be very, very specific about what exactly you want to get out of the experience and make sure that it, I mean, yeah, basically everything you're doing leading up to it is in some way contributing to, to your end goal. So for me, uh, this was a way to, to test myself. But more than that, it's, it's really just a way to, to get to know myself more, more deeply, right? That's, that's what long distance running is for me, especially trail running in, in the mountains, which is almost exclusively what I do. Um, so leading up to it, although I wasn't running very much, I did do a lot of mental training and, and some physiological training. And so in, in retrospect, I think that's actually like a, a pretty decent strategy. Um, because I mean, if you're, if you're going in it to win, if you're at an elite level, then, then it's not a good strategy, right? You, you need to be doing very specific training and this is not the podcast for you. But if you're doing just, you know, a decent time. So, I mean, what is decent time? I, I got, let's see, 22nd for my age group, which was under forties. And I did the, the race in 15 hours, 25 minutes. So not great, not bad, could have done better, could have done worse, you know, uh, a, a decent time, but, but not, not elite by any means. So if you're somewhere in that range, um, I think your heart rate is probably going to be pretty low throughout most of, the, most of the race. And the muscular demands will be significant, but they're not going to be acute, right? You're not really pushing your limits in the way you would in a, in a half marathon or a 10K where it's like, you know, a strong anaerobic workout, you're anaerobic, you know, 99.9% of the time. And, uh, sorry, you're aerobic 99.9% of the time. And it, it's mainly just about pushing through. It's about enduring, you know, and it's in that respect, it's far more psychological than it is physical. Um, so, so the training that I did was just, I mean, what I do in my, my day to day anyway, just you know, a fair amount of breath work, I do a lot of heat exposure, cold exposure, fasting, um, working on metabolic flexibility, playing around with different macronutrients and, and really trying to get that dialed in, um, playing around with all those, those different variables, working some mobility, some strength, um, but I also had, had a few injuries leading up to the race, which really slowed things down a bit. So, so yeah, I didn't actually do a lot of physical training. Um, like. I don't know, maybe a third of what I'd hoped to be doing, something like that. Um, but I did do uh, a fair amount of psychedelics, which is, uh, well, it's something I often do, uh, microdoses, mesodoses, and, and macrodoses. And I think all of that was, was really key in preparing me for being able to push through the, the experience and, and not just push through, but really, really enjoy it. And, and, I, and I should say a side note is leading up to the, the half marathon in, in May, I spent maybe a year and a half, two years running almost exclusively barefoot. And I, the half marathon I did um, barefoot as well in the, in the mountains. It was a grueling experience. It was, it was very extreme terrain, very like a lot of sharp rocks and sticks. And it was, it was brutal. Um, but so even though I wasn't 
running a lot of distance. I think the fact that I was running at barefoot really helped to establish a good base in terms of stability and strength that allowed me to stay injury-free in my, in my legs. The injuries I mentioned were, were from other things, shoulder and back, and just just messing around. Um, but but as far as like the, the running goes, I think setting my foundation through barefoot running was, was fundamental. Um, but again, my focus there was, was and remains still more mental than physical, right? So it's not, it is training for me, but, but a typical run for me barefoot would maybe be 10 K max, like 15. Right. And it's, it's much more about being present, being aware about engaging with my sensations, my emotions, uh, it's a, it's much more of an inner exploration than, than anything else. And that's, that's just what motivates me. I mean, that's, that's why I run. And, um, and I think that more than the stability or the strength was actually good preparation. You know, it really helps you to, to adopt the right attitude towards pain, towards suffering, toward your own body, and, and really helps you fine tune the balance between, say, pushing and, and listening or you know being able to differentiate between different kinds of pain what's good pain what's bad pain um, so so yeah I think I think barefoot is a, is a great way to go for for building the base but anyway I mean the way I see it is like like you need to be clear about like what it, what is the point of this for you Right. Even if you're if your goal is to, to, to win, to set a world record, right? Imagine you're the fastest human alive. Like what what's the point of that? Who cares? Why why is that significant? Um and, and to me it's it's all just ridiculous unless you're learning and growing in the process. Right. Um, you know, you can be Killian Jarnett, Kip Jogi, you know, whoever. If if they're not enjoying the process, just like anyone else in life, then then the accolades are just, you know, senseless. And I think that's even truer for people like like you and me who are not going to be setting world records, you know. And so, so for me personally, the the point is to understand myself, to explore sort of my my inner world, but also to to go beyond what I currently consider to be myself. And that's for me is is, is really key. So it's it's not a form of escape like an expansion of the self. Um, and I know that might sound sort of strange or abstract, but hopefully as we get a bit deeper into the experience, that, that will make sense to you. Um, so for me, the, the real like essence of the run when I really felt like I was, I was like in it was the, the point when running felt like it was no longer a conscious choice. Like the legs were moving, the heart was pumping, the lungs were opening and closing, life was just flowing, right? And the only choice I had was how am I going to relate to this? Because it, this thing was happening, like this body was running, and my only choice was, okay, what do I do with this, this new reality, right? It was totally unknown territory for me, and and there were times when it was like amazing. I felt like awe and wonder. There were times when I felt anger. Uh, joy i mean i was shouting screaming laughing uh i went through it all you know and i think 
I think most runners do. Um, some people probably do a much better job of, of keeping that all inside than, than I do. Uh, but, but it's definitely going on in there. There's, um, you know, there, there are deep psychological processes happening as we're, you know, running for, for such long periods of time. And in, in, in my case, you know, it's not too extreme terrain, but, you know, definitely mountainous and windy and cold and rainy. And there's, there's a lot going on, you know, and, um, and for me, yeah, just reached this point where like, I felt like my, my conscious mind at least was, was no longer in control. I was just an observer of the experience. And, and you get to this point where the, the sensory focus sort of like, I mean, it, it gyrates. It's, it's, I was no longer choosing what I was focusing on. It felt like the aperture of experience was just opening and closing basically at random. Uh, you know, sometimes I'd have this intense focus on, on, you know, a, a single sensation or maybe like a flower that I passed. Um, and other times I'd just open up and feel like I was just floating on, you know, on the clouds above me or something. And, and I, I really, I, I felt like I didn't have a choice, but just to, to give into that and just, just let myself go with it. So, so yeah, that's why I say microdosing, mesodosing, that's, uh, helps you get a good handle on that, that type of experience. Right. Um, it's, it's good training for, for staying focused and really embracing that rather than having it disorient you or, or scare you, which, you know, it could conceivably do for, for some. Um, but yeah, so, so when I was, I, I guess it would say it's probably around kilometer 40, maybe, maybe 50, somewhere in there. Time just started dilating in this really strange way and, and compressing and, and it, it, this word just kept coming to me of it was like, it's an odyssey. It's like, uh, I mean, it, it felt a lot to me like, like a psychedelic trip in the sense of like, there's this other energy just sort of running through you and, and stretching your consciousness in all kinds of different ways and, and in different dimensions. And it's like, you're just along for the ride. I don't know. And I mean, I, I think I cycled through, I don't know, maybe like a dozen different forms of mysticism in this experience. Um, I hit multiple walls or maybe it was just like one big multidimensional wall. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, a lot of ups and downs, ins and outs, uh, which because of the nature of the experience, you know, I, I and because I was running, like I wasn't really able to, to document as closely as I would have liked. Um, but, but for me, the, the sort of thread running throughout, uh, is, is visualization. I mean, visualization for me is, is key. It's part of my yoga practice, meditation practice, and just, just a part of life more generally. Um, but, but I think that visualization has sort of a special place in, in long distance running. I mean, it's definitely present in all long distance running cultures, like the Tarahumara, the, the San people and the, and the Kalahari. Um, and as far as I can tell, most of the really great long distance runners also have a pretty strong visualization practice. They don't really talk about it very openly or, or maybe not explicitly, but I mean like Killian Jornet, for example, he, he talks about like painting the mountain with the, the route that he's running. He visualizes himself as like a, a paintbrush going through the landscape. Yeah, and, and like Goggins talks about this where I mean, first, you know, what he's famous for is talking about like taking souls and his cookie jar and 
and his just like sort of aggressive com- combative attitude, which is, you know, it's great. That's fun, uh, you know, to, to read about at least. But um, he also has some like really intense out-of-body experiences and, and mystical experiences, which, I mean, for the most part, people just seem to kind of gloss over or forget. But but I think it's it's fundamental to, to him and basically to all, to all long-distance runners, as, as far as I can tell. Um, so this quote from him that I want to read, it's, I, I, I love this quote, especially because it comes from David Goggins and he's just so combative and, and aggressive, um, you know, in, in most of what he does. But when he really gets into running, like after he left the military and really just started focusing on long distance running, this whole other side of him opened up. So here, listen to this. At first, when you push beyond your perceived capability, your mind won't shut the fuck up about it. It wants you to stop, so it sends you into a spin cycle of panic and doubt, which only amplifies your self-torture. But when you persist past that to the point that pain fully saturates your mind, you become single-pointed. The external world zeroes out. Boundaries dissolve, and you feel connected to yourself and to all things in the depth of your soul. Right? I mean, that's it. That's the psychedelic experience. Oneness, expansion, love, nirvana, samadhi. You know, that's at the root of every mystical and spiritual experience ever right i mean let me just read that again the last little bit the external world zeroes out boundaries dissolve and you feel connected to yourself and to all things in the depth of your soul like if you just took that and i didn't tell you that was david goggins like you'd think that was some you know eastern mystic or something um but i mean to me what's so so compelling about it is that it's this is a universal human experience. It's not, it's not just limited to running, right? It's it's just a part of who we are. It's a part of the way our minds work. It's a part of our, our evolution. So Stig Sverenson, he's, um, he's got a bunch of world records for holding his breath and swimming long distances on a single breath and under the ice and, you know, all kinds of stuff. He's this Danish guy who, uh, well, he's worth checking out. Uh, check him out if you want. Anyway, he's got another great quote, which I want to read as well. So in the end, the pain was like a friend. The more pain the more inner tranquility I could reach. It was interesting to enter the pain and closely investigate the experience instead of feeling sorry for myself. Right, so it's that attitude of of like detached observation that I think extreme ultra running is is really good at at cultivating. Obviously, Stig wasn't ultra running in in this this quote, but he expresses really well something that I've, I've felt in a lot of different times and in a lot of different ways. So with the cold, with the heat, with psychedelics, obviously, with breath work, with yoga. Um, but I think there's, there's something really special about ultra running. Um, I think it's, it's really at the essence of like what it means to be a human. Right? And so, so the, I came to this through, through persistence hunting, which is, you know, arguably at least the skill that we developed as humans that allowed us to get a competitive advantage. So I'm sure you all know Born to Run and the idea that we, our evolutionary advantage is, is optimized for long distance running, right? We can, our breathing is not necessarily tied to the cadence of our steps uh, or we sweat more than any other animal, making us able to cool ourselves down. Um, you know, there's the, the leg structure, there's, there's a whole bunch of different arguments for, for why we've evolved to run. Right, but the th- the thing about persistence hunting is it's not just a physical feat; it's also a psychological feat and really a, a, a spiritual experience. So, 
there there have been interviews with persistence hunters, um, and I've been to the Galahari and I've spent time with the persistence hunters. And it, in order to do it successfully, you you basically need to have an out of body experience, right? So I mean, this calls to mind the you know the McKenna's and the the stone date theory, right? Where like the we were following around the ungulates in the, the African plains and we got the psychedelic mushrooms and started taking them and that made us better hunters and uh, more perceptive and all of that. And I think that can actually be combined with the uh, the born to run theory and that it's like just taking mushrooms wasn't enough. We also had to be able to, to run and, and chase down the animals and just running wasn't enough. We had to be able to track them for, you know, sometimes up to maybe like a hundred kilometers you know, and and just being able to differentiate one animal out of a herd of, say, 200 animals is an incredible feat, you know. And then there are times when the track just disappears and you have to enter into this, this. I mean, it's it's a mystical state, right, where you just have to know where the animal went. And and it sounds incredible, but people do it. And and the, the if we take it seriously, the argument seriously, like, we evolved from our ability to do that. Like if we weren't able to enter into this out-of-body connection, this deep enmeshment with the spirit of the animal to just intuit where it went, like we wouldn't get the game. We wouldn't eat. We wouldn't develop bigger brains. We wouldn't be the species that we are today. Right, so it's it's this vision that really compels me to to explore ultra running and, and to go to the Kalahari as well, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's like the crucible. It's the, the essence of, of human experience, right? And I, look, I'm, I'm not trying to convince anyone that you have to do this, right? It's, it's more like a, if you know, you know, type of thing. Like, it's crazy. It's dangerous. Like, I do not want to be liable for anyone's untimely death. Uh, if you start out, you know, running ultra marathons, doing persistence hunting, and you die of heat stroke or, or you know, fall off a cliff or whatever, it's your fault. It's not mine. Um, but if you're called to explore more, let me know because we're going out to the Kalahari. We are hunting, tracking, running very long distances in very extreme conditions. And it's awesome. It's epic. Um, so that's a very long roundabout way to say that in the race, I started out visualizing the Elant, which is a big, beautiful, animal it's like a, an antelope of, of that class of animals and just just channeling its strength its determination you know this is an animal i encountered a few times in, in the kalahari and it's it's striking it's impressive right and i was just like feeling its strength in my legs feeling its movement as my movement its lightness its grace um just just allowing that energy to sort of carry me forward. And then at some point I kicked a rock like like really hard, uh, almost fell on my face and I felt just this intense like tension throughout my whole body, like this strange sort of vibrating pain that was like, okay, I'm at my limit. Like I'm running too fast and my whole body is about to start cramping up. Like just that one adjustment apart from, from the pain of, of kicking the rock, like that, that, the fact that it knocked me off balance and my body had to compensate for that, like put my whole body at like very real risk of just cramping up completely. So 
I decided to, to slow down a bit and transition. And uh, and what I ended up seeing was that like it was like all of a sudden everyone in front of me was the elant, and I was the hunter, like a wolf, tracking tracking the elant and the people. I could see the lights, right? This was all in, in the darkness. We started at midnight. I could see the lights in front of me and I was, I was tracking them down, going up like silently, patiently. When they go fast, I go fast. When they slow down, I slow down. And then all the people behind me, it was like they were hunters too. It was like a, all a pack of wolves together. But I was at the front of the pack, right? I was I was the, the fastest wolf at that point by definition. Um, and and so they were coming up behind me, like trying to trying to take my place. And so I was I was uh, in this this strange sort of uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It was it was like the transition point between the hunters and the hunted, right? And it was like I had to maintain my position and maintain my pace to keep my place in that in that balance. And it it felt almost like like a this sort of chaotic like war zone at times because you know you could see the everyone was wearing headlights and then the regulations we had to have like a red blinking light on our backs um but there were switchbacks and going sort of up and down valleys and and it sometimes got confusing like i didn't know who was in front of me who was behind me um and it was this this whole sort of this chaotic sort of mess right and in during that time when people would, would sort of come up behind me or I'd come up on, on someone else, I could sort of like feel their energy and it felt like I was like feeding off of their energy. And and I would try and find people who were like on a high, who were, who were running fast, right? And uh, so the, the first guy, there's this one guy who was, he was all in black, like black. He had these amazing like giant calves. And I don't know what got into him, but he decided he just needed to, to kick ass. And I, I just kind of locked in behind him. And I don't know, it was maybe 10 kilometers or something at like, a very good pace and uh just just stuck with him stuck with him stuck with him stuck with him and this the whole time it's like we're the, these two wolves just going after the elon and just going and going and going and going and and you know and reached a point where he he just got burned out he was like gasping for air and uh he he just like pulled off on the side and took a break and i i just i just tried to keep that same energy going i slowed down a bit but but it's like okay just take take the baton now and, and go with it you know and there's quite a few situations like this there's different people where there's you know the kind of strange sort of unspoken connection and just falling into the same cadence and and we just went together for you know five kilometers 15 kilometers what, whatever it was um but then as, as the night sort of wore on i i went much more inside and started to focus much more on my breath on the the rhythm of the my step and you know the the cadence and how uh, this this weird sort of inner relationship of you know breathing every three steps breathing every four steps um you know a single inhale and, and two exhales like or maybe two inhales and one exhale like you know and, and just just playing around with with those different rhythms and you know when you're uphill when you're downhill when you're getting tired when you're getting hungry playing around with all that and that lasted a, a very long time i mean in throughout the course of the race i ran i think it was like well more than a hundred and one thousand steps right like a lot of steps and 
and during this phase at least like each step was like i could feel it like vibrating in my body in my head in my ears there's like boom 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 and that was like the metronome and then and then the breath was was playing with that and i mean that that basically lasted me until dawn i was just just in the zone and uh and there you know i think it was it was i was just listening to my own rhythm you know and that that was really in retrospect the what brought me sort of out of my body um and in the strange paradox that that always happens you know by looking more deeply inward is is how we move out and see see beyond you know but so i was just listening to my own pace my own rhythm my own body and it, it took on this this life of its own this rhythm of its own and uh it just it just took me over and, and pushed me along you know and, and as it happened uh, uh these mantras started coming in mantras i mean it, probably in the, in the non, non-technical sense but but for me there's there's words that always come to me and and really common ones for me are artu and eman which is is basque where you know i live in basque country and artu means take and eman means means give and it's it's the word for a relationship aremana is, is is a relationship it's a combination of those two words give and take and and for some reason for me that just that's always just seemed really really profound and uh it's just you know that's what relationships are that's that's what life is you know and and for me that's that's often what running is and it's like when you're when you're going up a hill it's like you have to give it everything everything you have it's just you have no other choice and when you're going down it's just you take it you take it all in you know and it's um maybe in short distances running running downhill seems easier than running uphill but but at long distance it's it's um i'd say it's definitely the other way around uh running downhill creates a lot of stress on on the muscles and you know in studies when they want to study like muscular stress often what they'll do is they'll just have you run downhill um so yeah you just gotta gotta take what it gives you and and through that give and take you know entering into a relationship with the mountain with the trail with all the people who are who are there you know and uh and that sustained me for for quite a while but then these these other words started coming to me there's courage which i'm sure i'm pronouncing it horribly but but you know uh, sometimes the the french runners will say that to each other to to me and now i say it to all the all the french people i, I just love it i don't know what it is about but courage courage it's like yes that's what it's about you know just courage strength just just go and and from that uh, the this concept of like the heart of a hunter right when I would, in the kalahari speaking with with the hunters about you know what does it take to be a good hunter or a good man a good father uh, again and again it comes back to this concept of like you just you just have to have the heart of a hunter you need to just have that strength that persistence with within you and uh, the word for for it is is gao and again I'm, my pronunciation is probably horrible but it's it's like gao it's uh it's like power strength uh explosiveness it's when they say it their eyes just kind of like light up you know and uh and this other word that that i love that's kaja which they say all the time which just mean it literally means we are 
right? But they say it to mean like, it's all good. Thank you. Um, I mean, it, it can be used like, how are you? I'm fine. It's just, we are, we are. It's just this, this constant affirmation, you know, and it, it's a beautiful expression of their sort of, their tribal identity and, and existence. Um, but for me, it, it it's, it's meaningful personally because it's like, what, what greater truth do you want? You know, we are, and that's it. You know, you don't, you don't really need to say anything more. Um, and so that, that was just, that took me over for, for quite a long time. That just, Kajia was just resounding in my head. And from there, really, that's when I, I just lost it, man. I just was just in this like floating void, just disembodied for, for quite a long time. And it was great. I mean, it was, it was like a mental cleanse, like a, a reset, this like, I don't know, like a roiling, like meditative, just odyssey, you know. Um, and then, yeah, sunrise and there's a big climb. I was just ecstatic, elated. And uh, and then I hit a wall, like a big, big wall. The rain came, winds. Uh, it was just pain, just exhaustion. Um but I found this this bush where I could hang my things. I, I don't know. I could have put my things anywhere, but somehow I decided this was the perfect bush where I could I could hang my things and I could access my food. And I'd made these these great like coconut ghee cacao brownie things that were just just packed with calories, and uh, ate a whole bunch of those. And and it took a good amount of time. I don't know. I don't know how long I've I've no real sense, but but quite a while before I could really get back into my rhythm again, you know. And uh, but I, I just I just kept pushing, you know. And it, I was going slow and it was painful, but I was moving, I was moving. And it, it, my motivation was never to win; like that wasn't that wasn't an option for me, you know. But it, it was really just to to discover like what what's going to happen, you know, how, how far can this experience go? Like, what's, what's the next chapter going to be? And, um, just, yeah, just observing my body and the sensations and the, the emotion and the energy and watching it ebb and flow and, uh, you know, pleasant and painful. And yeah, again, that's, that's when, that's when all the, the laughing and screaming and, and whatnot happened, where it was just like, just fucking just let it out man just live it and and just a really yeah powerful experience of just being out in nature not not fully alone but mostly alone and and just letting myself be you know and um and then it, this weird thing happened where there's there's another you know distance there's the 50k people started funneling in and sort of joining us and they had this whole other energy um it, or it felt that way to me anyway and uh, uh i don't know it, it coincided with the the path changed to like a four by four track which had these like these like maniacally sized rocks they were just about foot sized so like 
it wasn't gravel where you can just run over it. It was like you had to carefully choose which rock you were going to step on, and they weren't very stable. Um, and yeah, it was just murder on the, the ankles. And then I'm wearing minimalist shoes, so the occasional one would just like poke through and stab me. And yeah, that was like 10K of just kind of hell. Um, and that, that, that coincided with these 50K people coming in where I was just, um, it took me to a dark place, man. Uh, and uh, it, was, it wasn't something I was expecting at all. It came really out of the blue. Um, and it, it really culminated with when we started the descent, there's a sort of a long descent going toward the, the finish line. And uh, I, was, I was hurting. And this lady came up behind me and, and this really just like grating voice said, you know, in Spanish, but basically like, you know, you really shouldn't run with your poles like that. Like you could, you could poke someone's eye out. And it was like, you know, we were running on a four by four track. Like I was on the upper part. She was on the lower part. There was maybe, I don't know, a meter and a half between us. It was like a long straightaway. She could see me for, you know, hundreds of meters before she came up to me. And I just looked at her and I didn't say anything. And I was just like, what the fuck? She's like, well, obviously you don't care about other people's safety. And I was just like, you fucking bitch. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, there's absolutely like no danger here. I've been running for 15 hours with hundreds of other people and it's been totally fine. Like, what is your fucking problem? Uh, and it was, it was strange. Like, I, I, I mean, anger is not a thing. I guess I would like to think of myself as being above that. Like, that seems so petty to me. It is petty. Um, but but obviously, I'm not above it. It's, uh, I w my whole body was possessed by this weird sort of, like, fire. And I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going to let this woman finish before me. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I just started, that's when I really started pushing. Like, I, that's, the exploration was over. It was, like, full on. Like, I have to win. And... Um, at the same time, in the back of my mind was like, really, you're going to like, you're going to let anger like fuel you. It's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> like, I'll take whatever I can get, man. And, and it was great. It was great. It was the last, I don't know, maybe eight kilometers or so of the race and just pushing hard, like almost all downhill, very intense, but like very quickly after I made that decision, the pain just completely disappeared. My body just kicked into another gear. And I finished strong. Like I don't, I don't know exactly like my splits or anything, but it it felt great. It felt great, and it was, excuse me. It was, you know, it was muddy. It was technical. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. But I just, I just floated down it, man, and it was, it was awesome. And, and really, I guess that was that was about it. That was the race, you know. After that, I, I sort of hobbled to the car and just found uh, some trees on the side of the road and slept in my hammock for 12 hours, which was amazing. Uh, had my feet up, fresh air, plenty of good food, which is key. Like, don't just bring food for the race, bring food for afterward. Um, and the next day I could walk decently, not not like a normal human, but but more or less. A few days later I could, I could jog. Today, a week later, I just, I ran 20 kilometers. Um, and yeah, feeling pretty good. So that's it. That's the the trip report, the race report. Um, I'm going for 180k the next next race. It's going to be in just about a month, um, but it's spread over three days, so 60k each day. 
And that I think is actually going to be far more challenging. Just, just knowing you have to get back into it. Like you're not riding the same experience you're getting out. You're, you know, showering, eating, resting, and then you got to get back into it again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be epic. Um, I've got my gear dialed. I've got my nutrition dialed. Um, got these these great shorts from Patagonia, which, as far as I can tell, is just a great company all around. Um, and for me, my my thighs are, I guess, bigger than most runners. Like, my thighs rub against each other, and I need like short, sh- like tight shorts that are they're hugging my my thighs. And I guess they're yeah, people in the states don't really wear them because. I don't know. There's just this weird Protestant. Uh, I don't know what the hell it is. Anyway, uh, in Europe, it's totally acceptable, and they're just lifesavers, man. The, I think Patagonia actually discontinued them because they didn't sell very well, but they're incredibly functional. Have these great deep pockets on the side, and um, and yeah, they keep your thighs from rubbing up against each other, which is a lifesaver. Um, I did have to tape my nipples. That was key. Um, otherwise they would have just been a bloody mess at the end. Um, and yeah, as far as nutrition goes, yeah, metabolic flexibility is where it's at and really just getting to, to know your body and playing around with, you know, carbs versus proteins versus fats and, you know, glycemic loads and all that stuff. But yeah, that's, uh, it's a personal journey. Everyone's got to, got to find their own path there, I think. And, uh, yeah, I guess just, just leading up to this next race, one of the, the things I saw where I could, could really work more is getting my knees as strong as possible, um, doing a lot of deep squatting, and I'm looking at the ATG stuff, and there's this this French uh, basketball player who's just, like, I think he's, he's 48 years old now. He can still dunk and, like, kick the rim. Uh, he's got amazing strength. I, I'm not sure how much that will cross over into ultra, but... Anyway, looking for inspiration there. And uh, yeah, surprisingly, the, the core and the back were need some more work, I think. Uh, so really, yeah, continuing to work on, on opening my chest, opening my back. And uh, yeah, Tony Riddle is an amazing athlete. And he, he really got me onto that for the first time, really understanding the importance of, of the posture for for the mind and for the breath and just for the the ergonomics of running really um so yeah those are the the sort of main main takeaways for me um you know for the main thing is really just to continue the the inner exploration you know the different forms of training psychological and, and physiological and and yeah, it's going to be intense. So, I don't know. Wish me luck. And yeah, if you want to if you want to join the journey with psychedelics or the persistence hunting, then then definitely let me know. Um, there'll be links around there somewhere, I don't know, in the bio or down below or wherever wherever I can put them. And uh, yeah, if you're if you feel called to join, be be great to have you along. So, so yeah. Be in touch.